The information provided is not a substitute for legal and other professional advice where the facts and circumstances warrant. People should always consult their own legal or other professional advisors and discuss the facts and circumstances that apply to their specific circumstances. The information shared on Ask the Landlord is for educational purposes only. Hi everyone, we're back with another episode of Ask the Landlord with our favorite landlord, Albert Dweck. I'm Melissa. I'm one of Albert's producers and a former New York City, Pittsburgh, and Lafayette, Louisiana renter. And together, we're going to be asking this landlord some questions. All right, Albert, how are you doing today? I'm good, Melissa. How are you doing today? I'm good, and I'm excited for today's question because it hits a little close to home for me. So as I mentioned, I've been a renter in three cities. There might be more that I can't, uh, and in college too. So in college, so four cities all over the country. And I'm ready. I'm ready to move on. I'm thinking about the purchasing opportunity that exists out there, not in New York City, but I am I'm weighing my options, right? So as a first time home buyer, I could buy a house and that's it. Or I could do another thing and try to make some money, right? So I'm looking at some duplexes, maybe we'll go to the triplex or triplex, and I just want to know, like, I haven't done anything. What is step one, two, and three? What do I have to do if I want to become a landlord? That's a good question. Um, So you're saying that in addition to your own residence, you would live in the same, you would live in the same building and have other people like in the two family, three family? Correct. For a year, let's say. Yeah. Got it. So there's like uh, different kinds of real estate, right? So there's residential real estate, which officially is like mm-hmm. really one to four, one to four families. Uh, That's what I'm talking when, about. Right. When you go above that, it becomes what's called commercial real estate, even if it's residential. Um, mm-hmm. So we're talking about one to four families. And what you want to think about is in a few things. First of all, residential real estate. There's uh, when 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 real estate gets appraised, it it gets appraised three ways, right? One is a comparable sales approach, which is like what are other things selling for, so you mm-hmm. kind of get an idea of what that's worth. And the other one is the cost approach, like what does it cost to replace that? Like how does it, how much does it cost to build? And the other one is the income approach, which is if I rented it and had expenses, then what would the income make this place worth, right? So those are three, generally three approaches to value. And then for you, you, well, one way to think about it, right? There's a lot of different ways. It's like, oh, okay, what what is this piece of property going to be worth in 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 30 years from now? What kind of neighborhood am I buying in? What's the uh, obviously the crime rates, the schools, mm-hmm. the proximity to jobs, downtown, shopping, whatever. Okay, whatever it is. Okay. So that that makes a difference about property value, right? And then fixer-upper, uh, mm-hmm. features of the property. Okay. Then you're like, okay, ultimately all that translates when you're looking to a rental is there's all businesses and real estate is the same. It's like, what revenues can I bring in and what are my expenses? Right. And then that's my profit. So you think about 
let's just take a duplex as an example. And let's say, you know, each apartment is Mm $3,000. You think you could rent your apartment and then the apartment that you're going to rent out to somebody else, 3,000, right? So, okay. So that's 6,000 a month, 6,000 times 12 is 72,000. And then you say, okay, well, what are the expenses to run the place? Mm -hmm. Just, and you could do this, you know, pen and paper, you know, so you're like, oh, yeah. okay, 72000 got it, revenue. And then you say, okay, I didn't talk about vacancy or anything like that, but just let's say taxes, real estate taxes, right? You could look mm-hmm. those up, whatever they are, real estate taxes, insurance, you got to have insurance. What kind of insurance? Homeowner's insurance? Or is there a different one if it's a rental property as well? It's usually covered in the homeowner's insurance, usually. And what the homeowner's insurance covers when you say that it is if something happens to the property Mm -hmm. and if something happens at the property to somebody. Okay. So that's called property insurance is like if something happens to the property, like a fire, flood, whatever, you know, there's coverage for that. And if something happens, let's say someone slips and falls at the property, that would be liability insurance. Okay. So usually homeowner's insurance covers your, usually, you know, the property and the, if something happens to somebody at the property and then sometimes also the contents of the property. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so insurance, real estate taxes, and then the utilities. Mortgage. Utilities. Yo, the mortgage comes last. I didn't get oh. to the mortgage. Oh, okay. Good. Okay. So utilities. Okay. Okay. How about uh, repairs and maintenance? And of course, my on cue. I love my, it. My heat, uh, my heat pipes are banging. As you said, repairs and maintenance. Great. Right. Repairs and maintenance, utilities, um, replacement reserves. Okay. Does that make so like sense? A, that would be like a water heater, a boiler. Yeah, roof, well, you'd say like, like yeah, that. I have a roof and I put a new roof on and the roof has 10 years left, so I want to put aside money for that, yeah? Okay, great. Okay, so then you, you know, and whatever, you'll, you'll come up with, but those are like five line items, right? So then you have, so let's just come up with a number, I don't know. Let's say uh, 72,000 was your revenue and let's say, uh, you know, 15,000 is these expenses, right? Mm-hmm. Annually, right? So 72,000 minus 15,000, you know, is 57,000. Okay? okay. So 57,000 is essentially your net operating income. And then you pay you use that money to pay the debt. Okay. So then that would dictate how you would think about how much you have to pay the mortgage. Okay. Okay. Now, usually when banks lend money, not individually, right? Individually, you know, there's a lot of meaning to individuals for their own use. There's a lot, banks do that, like the whole the whole banking system in the, in America is based on, you know, being able to buy your own house and things like that. So you, you can probably conservatively buy your house with 20% down. If it's a first time purchase, you could put 
even less money down, but you know, just as as a general rule, twenty percent down, or even ten percent mm-hmm. down. But let's say you know, so I don't know what the what the cost of the house is, but um, let's say four hundred. Let's say five hundred for a round number. Five hundred. Let's say a million. Oh my god! I said I'm not in New York. <laughs> We're going say, upstate or to Pittsburgh. Let's say five hundred. Okay, so <laughs> five hundred thousand, right? Mm-hmm. And then you would get you would need to get a mortgage for let's say, you know, four hundred thousand dollars because of eighty percent of that. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Um, so you would get a mortgage of four hundred thousand, and let's say the mortgage is six uh, percent, right? Mm-hmm. So what I'm doing is I have a, a financial calculator. Look, look, look. Oh, beautiful. This thing. I have a phone, and then I could, I have a I phone could, calculator. Yeah, yeah. This is not the same. Here, I'm going to tell you something. You don't know how to do it because it's not on your calculator. Should I get what's it? The mortgage, what's the mortgage payments on a $400,000 mortgage? You mean per month for a 30-year? 1100 $1,500. I don't know what guessing? the taxes are. No, I did it. It said eleven hundred. Okay, hold on. So but then with- what I do, what I do is I'm going to put in the the thirty year mortgage. Okay. I'm going to put in six percent interest, I and I'm going to put in four hundred thousand dollar present value. The payments are twenty three ninety eight a month. Oh, principal and interest. Yeah, that's terrible. <laughs> Well, that's principal and interest. You know, that's I know it's payment. terrible. All right, right. So let's say that was the case, right? So now, basically, you know, so 20- and there's probably I probably need a whiteboard for this, but uh, uh, it's okay. So, so basically, we figured out that you bought the house for five hundred thousand, and you have a twenty twenty four hundred dollar mortgage a month. Twenty four hundred right. times twelve is about twenty nine thousand twenty twenty eight yep. and change. Okay, so then you subtract, you subtract the twenty twenty nine thousand from the fifty seven thousand. Okay. Because that's what we had, you know, we said we had left over, and that mm-hmm. equals twenty eight thousand dollars. Okay. Okay. So your net positive cash flow is twenty eight thousand dollars. That is considering. Though both units are paying three thousand dollars a month in rent, right? Right, but but your unit, you're not paying three thousand dollars for, right? Or you're using. So one way to think about it is that, you know, your responsibility is whatever the, the shortfall is. Right, right. The difference. That's what I like. Let the other unit pay my mortgage. Right. So now, given what I told you, you could you could do the math. I think it works on, out. You could, well, yes, you could. So let's just, let's take it again that way, the way you said it. Okay. And we said that $15,000 was the expenses. So those aren't going to change. Right. Right. But instead the income is, is half of 72,000. So it's 36,000. Mm-hmm. Right. Because you're only renting one of the floors to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Your expenses are fifteen thousand, and this is totally made up, right? Right. Right. So thirty six minus fifteen is twenty one. Okay. 
And now you have a mortgage of 24000 A year. Right. Okay. I'm following. So the property nets a positive of 21000 It's great. But then there's a mortgage of 24000 all right, so three thousand dollars. I'm responsible. So it's for. negative three thousand, right? So you're responsible a year. Yeah, I mean, in that's this pretend great. example. In this, pretend I know, but that example. would be great. Yes, yes, but we that's we totally made up everything. But yes, that's a there's a way to do that. So that okay. So side note, I do want to know that calculator because maybe we can put a little Amazon affiliate link, and we <laughs> we'll get let's no. But it's interesting if someone wants to you know easily get these numbers, crunch the numbers because so, I know Google. So, so you could find a mortgage calculator online. You could Google. Oh, it's just called uh, a mortgage calculator. No, no. In general, you want to find you want to look online for a mortgage calculator. This happens right. to be a financial calculator. So I could do like the time value of money and all that stuff. So I do that like on an everyday basis. Oh, good. Um, this is like when you go to uh, when you go to yeah, business school. You have to and you have to get a financial calculator. You know, you get one of these uh, HP jobs. You know. Uh, uh, so yeah when we were in school we had those ti-83 pluses and never needed those again right no these but i use this one every day so ah, i'm gonna look into that so yeah, yeah you i appreciate that i think it was really interesting hearing what you know how your mind goes through how do i look for a property what am i looking for in the property you know you mentioned um, like, is it in a city? You didn't say transportation would be another thing. Like, what is it accessible to? Is it safe? Is it what? I don't know. Weather? That's not a thing. But like, it does it? Is it a fixer upper? So those are a lot of things first to look at, right? When looking for the property. And and the cool part is today, uh, different than you know when I started buying property many years ago. Uh, today everything's available online and there right. are companies that actually are set up to help you buy investment property and they make help they have assessments of neighborhoods and assessments of crime and assess you know they give you all kinds of interesting metrics to look into a property from far away mm-hmm. um is that accessible then, to anyone yeah yeah it's pretty there's there's good and and then for i think if you pay a little bit of money you could probably get mm-hmm. you know more information um okay so but, and then the other thing to do is also, if you're looking at it as, as as an investment, there's other ways to think about it too, is like appreciation and um, what am I going to buy it for today? How long am I going to own it for? What do I have to replace? What kind of financing am I going to take? All kinds of questions there. But, mm-hmm. uh, but you start, you know, you start getting into how do I, and most people don't, when they look at a property, they don't think about for themselves they don't think about oh how much income can i bring in what are the expenses so if you actually sit down and go okay what's the revenue of this property going to be and what are the expenses and including things that are going to happen rainy day kind of items you know like this is going to break eventually i got to have money for that you know and then, and then, yeah, you could make, that's a one way, that's a way to think about it. And then also, you know, how do I figure in appreciation, uh, things that are happening? What am I going to do? You know, sometimes let's say you buy a three bedroom, one bath property just as a thing, you know, and then you're like, oh, but I could add a second bathroom that adds a lot of value. Or you buy a duplex where it's two families and 
you know, you put a pool, you know, well, how does that increase the value? Things like that. So those are ways to think about the property. And, and, you know, you start thinking about beyond yourself when you, when you have, when you start thinking about investment property, it's like, how would somebody else look at this as a renter? How would somebody else look at this as a buyer from for an investment perspective? Mm-hmm. Um, so the more questions and sort of thinking that you put yourself through, the better buyer you'll be for those kind of things. You know. Mm-hmm. Yep. So when you buy buildings, are you thinking of, oh, when I'm going to sell this in X amount of years? Yes. You do? And do yes, you follow you, through with that usually? You can't yeah, predict well, the future. <laughs> you can't. You can't, but you you have to do the best you can. So you you try to you have to figure out, hey, I'm gonna here's the plan. Like what's the plan? You gotta tell me, like, oh, I'm gonna buy this property, even a house like you're buying for yourself. Like, what's the house mm-hmm. plan? Oh, I'm gonna right. live here until I'm uh eighty or whatever. What okay. And then what about the steps? You know, whatever one day, you know. So people yeah. have to think about that. So I have the same thing when you when we buy a building or something, you go, Okay, well, okay, we're buying it today. Are we going to hold it forever? That's a plan. But so what does it look like? How does that work? You know, right. we get a plan refinances. Or, so, and then we have to get a mortgage or a loan that works out with that or some capital, right? So there's, however you're arranging your capital, it also has to align with the plan that you're doing. Mm-hmm. So those are things to think about. So another question, I'm not sure if you mentioned, but as a first time home buyer for myself, I am just a person. I'm not a corporation or an LLC partnership. Do I, what do I have to do to cover my butt, right? The most important thing is to have insurance um, okay. that as homeowner that allows you to, you know, covers you for renters and things like that if you have a renter. Mm-hmm. Um then if you're going to own places that you can't, that you're not going to live in that uh, are going to be investment properties, you know, then you want to sort of try to limit the liability to you personally. Um, so the idea being if someone sues you for something that, you know, they can't go, go the limits the liability to that one property if they have something there instead of suing Melissa for everything, you know, well, mm-hmm. um, so that's the concern there. Um, right. Cause but my banks, banks lend, you know, they're set up to lend to individuals for houses, but there's a limit to that also. Um, so, um, for residential. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I'm, I mean, I, I think we're thinking about this. It's not set in stone, but if my husband and I were to, you know, purchase a duplex, we would live in it for a year, I would say, unless we fall in love with it, but I would want my own space because he's a loud human. And then we would, it would become a an investment property and we would have two rental incomes, hopefully paying that mortgage and the property would just, you know, run itself. Is this an ideal situation or this could really happen? It could happen. You just have to look and find the right property in the right area. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you have to, there's research to be done where you, you know, drive around, speak to mortgage brokers, mm-hmm. do research on the internet, uh, see what's happening in the town, you know, wherever mm-hmm. that is. And, um, 
Sure. It's possible. If the unit, another one, if the unit already has a renter in it, right? And let's say there's a lot of them I've seen online will say, you know, one renter long term already in there, the other unit is ready to go for an investor and someone to move in, right? Do you recommend that, like moving in somewhere with an already existing renter? It depends on the renter. Obviously, if it's if it's worked out and uh, the person is good and that situation works for you and they're paying mm-hmm. a rent that works, it's fine. Mm-hmm. I've done Ooh. that before. Oh, I have a good question, actually. Oh, I just thought of this one. Okay, so there, let's say there's a duplex and yep. there are two renters, right? Two separate renters in two units and they each have leases like that end in July but I'm going and doing this transaction in February. As an outside buyer of the new property, do I have to honor their lease? Of course. You do? Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, but it's a new owner. Uh, unless, the lease says that, unless, unless the lease says that you know, notice can be given to vacate them before the lease ends and then they have a lease. I mean, but that's unheard of. Okay. Good to know. I didn't know. Okay. So I would have to, if someone, if someone, if you're where you are and you have a lease to stay there for six months and then someone buys the property, they can't get rid of you for six months. Okay, good. Okay. That's good to know. I was just curious. (laughs) I'm asking all the questions here on ask the landlord, you know, maybe I want to become you. And yeah, it makes sense. I mean, but then when the lease expires, that's a different story, right? So that's right. What about vacancies? Like, I feel like that is that a the, a scary word, or I don't know. How do you handle sure. that? <laughs> vacancies are, you know, vacancies they don't make money, you know. Right. So, um, yeah, sort of. You want to fill them. Uh, it's also seasonal, as to depends on where you are. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but there are slow times where people don't move more of the year. There's, you know, there are certainly. Uh, uh, vacancy and if you're counting on money coming in and you have vacancy for whatever reason you know you have to you have to address it right away mm-hmm. so yeah i feel like a short-term solution is maybe to do a short-term rental like one of those airbnbs but that is not as consistent as there are certain know. places where that they don't allow that you know right um there are certain towns that i'm aware of that say oh you know we can only have Two renters per year, meaning you know, in this, and the, the minimum is sixty days or something. Yeah, that's wild. I I yeah. rented an Airbnb in New Orleans in a few months, and I was trying to add a day, and the lady was like, "No, we can't do that. New Orleans changed the law, and it's only thirty days minimum." But I wasn't sure if she was lying because other renter other units were available. So then I was a little sketched out. <laughs> but I, the these point days, is, the laws you could. You could ask the you could you could ask the internet and uh, I know I did and I was it was weird but I feel like any laws can change like that really right at any time yes yeah yes so would you do you suggest is this a good idea should I do this should I look for the duplex Albert in general to look for it and to uh, uh, look with your wise more you now informed uh, eyes now sure absolutely I think it's a great yeah idea. all right to everyone. Look around. To look around, yes, and and you come back to ask the landlord with the with the actual property, and we'll discuss. Okay, maybe that's that's actually a really good future episode. We can we can share the screen. We can show some properties. Our listeners can send in if they're you know that would be a really good one. Like analyze the property with the landlord, and analyze you can tell me. With the landlord. I love that because you know 
you might look at a wall and say, oh, that's not load bearing. Take it out. You might look at a ceiling and I don't see that line, that crack. And then that's, there's a leak. You know, you, you have that eye. I'm sure I'm assuming, I don't know, but I'm assuming you have, I'm learning that by looking at Zillow's all day, but that would be a really good episode. You know, it's cool. You know, did you ever have like when you were a kid, Highlights Magazine? In Highlights Magazine, there was like one page like what doesn't belong or, you know, do you know that Oh, page? yeah, yeah. Yes. You know, pretty much everything when you look at a property, you learn from Highlights Magazine. It's like what doesn't belong here, what's out of place. Oh, that's funny. Right. No, I, I actually, we might do that in the future, I think, because that would be really interesting. We'll share the screen. Yeah, we'll go through it. I would love that. Yeah, that'd be awesome. All right. right. Ooh, this just evolved into a whole new podcast, everyone. We're going to analyze this with Albert. All right. Thank you so much, Albert. This was great. Thank you for answering my personal questions. And hopefully we'll delve into it deeper in another one. Thank you. The best questions. We got it. For more episodes, please subscribe to Ask the Landlord on your favorite podcast platform. We'd appreciate it if you left a review on Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to watch the show, check out our Ask the Landlord YouTube channel. If you have a question for Albert, feel free to contact him on Instagram at AskTheLandlord and check out his TikTok at AskTheLandlord. Bridging the gap between landlords and tenants, this has been Ask the Landlord. Thanks for listening.